Welcome to another episode of the Philly Four Podcast. I'm Tyler Quill at tquill2 on Twitter. I'm Kevin Means at Kevin underscore Means on Twitter. And we're here recapping week two of the NFL season for your Philadelphia Eagles. Tough loss as Eagles held on for three quarters. Almost pulled off a miraculous comeback late in the game. But fall short to the Chiefs 27-20. Carson Wentz and the offense looked good. Hung on for three quarters. Um, low scoring affair, 13-13 through three. And the Eagles just couldn't find get anything going late in the game. And uh, the defense held on for three quarters and seemed to fall apart at the end. Yeah, they let up a couple big scores uh, at the end. But overall, I think they played pretty well. Um, I mean, you had another big game by the defensive line. They were in Alex, Alex Smith's face all game long. What do you think about them? Yeah, the defense played great. I mean, uh, they had some key injuries early, uh, losing Rodney McLeod and then losing Jalen Watkins, who was in there substituting for the injured Ronald Darby. So losing McLeod, you saw that come up big late when uh, Corey Graham couldn't come in and uh, make a tackle on Kareem Hunt's long touchdown. Um, the defensive line, they're going to be the linchpin of this team, not just the, the defense, but uh, of the team. They kept them in the game, putting pressure on Alex Smith all day, making him get rid of the ball on either quick passes or running around for his life a little bit. Oh, yeah, he broke a couple plays, too, that should have been sacks. I mean, they had they have four sacks on the game. They were in his face a ton more than that, had a lot more hurries. Uh, Vinny Curry showed up in a big way. He didn't have any sacks, but he was definitely there. He, it was nice to see him actually get the pass rush going because that's someone that we pay a lot of money, and we haven't actually seen him that much. Yeah, I liked what, what we saw from Vinny Curry getting pressure. I was very frustrated to see him miss that wide-open sack on Alex Smith that led to him running around the edge for, for a key third-down pickup for them. Uh, when Vinny Curry has that kind of opportunity – Fans are going to rip him if he doesn't make that stop, yeah. and he wasn't able to make it. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't make the tackle. He, uh, I mean, he saw players. I think it was was it Jernigan at one point during the game just ripped down. Uh, I want to say it was Hunt just by like the neck. I mean, yeah, I, was, I mean, you. I, I wish wait- I, I wish Curry would have just done that. I was waiting for a, a horse collar call on that, uh, yeah. on that uh, Jernigan well, he tackle. Didn't, but- he didn't even horse collar him really. He, like grabbed it, but then he threw him down like. Sideways, just one hand. And that was one of the greatest tackles I've ever seen. <laughs> Jernigan wasn't like lunging around; he kind of just stood there yeah. and was just he just like grabbed him. him. He just grabbed him and threw him to the ground with one just hand. Ragdoll him out of bounds. Yeah, and the D line's vicious. Um, on a couple of the big runs, you did notice you saw the second unit was in there. Um, the fifty-yard touchdown by Kareem Hunt, I believe we had Bo Allen, um, Destiny Vallejo, Chris Long, and Derek Barnett on the field. And they just let a wide open gap for uh, Mack Truck could have walked, could have ran through that. Yeah, and like you said earlier, Corey Graham wasn't able to uh, make the tackle, and that led up a big touchdown. That was that pretty much blew the game open for him. Um, I mean, the the secondary secondary played. I thought they actually played pretty well, things considered. Yeah, we had a pretty solid debut all around for Reginald Douglas. Um, guy that we were a little worried about coming in with the speed of the Chiefs offense is, is the one thing that Russell Douglas has struggled with early on in camp and in, uh, in the preseason games was the faster receivers. He's very physical. We know that. We saw him come up and make some big tackles 
keeping Tyreek Hill short of the sticks, uh, tripping up Travis Kelsey, I guess, as he hurtled over him yeah. for a first down on one play, but still able to make a stop. Yeah, and they held not that 250. He, they held Alex Smith to 251, which is a lot better. 251 yards, which is a lot better than what the Patriots did last week, and one, only one touchdown. I mean, that's I'm okay with that from this from this secondary. It's, there's just not we lost all our playmakers this past week between uh, McLeod and Darby. You, I just don't expect all that much from. Him. I don't expect them to hold hold up. Yeah, but the solid debut of Russell Douglas is, brings a little bit of hope. Um, you're hoping that the they said it's a grade one hamstring strain for Roddy McLeod. Hoping that doesn't keep him out too long. I'm thinking he's going to miss this week. I think it'll be tough for him to play. I'm hoping Jalen Watkins can get in. But uh, if we they are missing both of them this week, it'll be tough. What was Watkins injured by? Do you know that? Uh, I believe it was a hamstring as well. I haven't heard an update on him yet. I'm sure we'll get that at some point, either today or tomorrow. Um, but along with the debut of Rajul Douglas, we saw Michael Kendricks shine a little bit. He only played about 30% of the snaps on defense. Yeah, I heard but, that, but I mean, it should have been more the way he was playing. He was all over the place. He broke up passes. He, uh, he had a sack, made a couple tackles. I mean, he played great, I thought. Yeah, he was able to get in the backfield on, on the rush. I mean, if Jim Schwartz is going to have this aggressive defense and play uphill like he's been, or downhill, I guess it would be, uh, downhill at the quarterback like he's been with his linebackers, I don't see why Michael Kendricks isn't on the field more, especially against a speed team like the Chiefs. It seemed like it would have been it was a perfect opportunity to give him. Yeah, I thought. And it might have been. God. Yeah, it might have been more out of necessity because they were so short in the secondary, they couldn't afford to be in the nickel a lot, so they had to have Kendricks on the field, but he made the most of his opportunity this week, that's for sure. No, and we said last week that we want to see him more on the on the field more often anyways. I mean, even, I think it was like 38% of the snaps, which I think I think he should have been out there more, really, but he played very well, and I think he earned more time for him next week as long as the match matchup uh, garners it. Yeah, and you sh- I think you'll see him... Um they're going to have to play some more 4-3 if they are missing two corner or a corner and a safety again next week. Um, but overall, defense held it together. Take away those couple big plays. I mean, take away that 53-yard touchdown by Hunt, and uh, I believe he had an 11-yard run to get him down by the goal line late. He was only about 20, 30 yards rushing. Oh, yeah, you take away the 53-yard touchdown, he's only got, what, 28 yards on 13 attempts. That's nothing, really. That's not very much yeah. at all. And Kelsey had a couple big plays that they let up, but he had 103 yards and a touchdown. I mean, no one, no one really. They held Tyreek Hill to four for 43. That's a, that's much better than I was expecting. Really, I thought he, I thought for sure he'd break one against this defense. That's a win there, and all in all, the the defense played pretty well. I mean, they had over 500 yards of offense against the Patriots last week, and you're able to hold them under 400 this week which I'm 400 is a lot but 250 yards passing uh, 81 yards rushing for a hunt I mean those are pretty solid holds when you're considering how much they torched the Patriots the week before oh definitely I mean I think they played very well 27 points doesn't sound like it but I mean seven seven of them came from uh, the deep a defensive touchdown so they held them to 20 points against a pretty good offense a pretty good Andy Reid offense I'm more than happy with that and they did what they needed to do to win the game, I thought. Yeah, they had a couple big holds early. Uh, when the Chiefs' first drive of the game seemed like they were going to drive down 
pretty easily on our offense or on our defense. They were able to hold up and only let up a field goal. That was nice to see. Yeah, yeah. The red zone defense has actually been very good this year, so the, out of two games. But uh, we'll see how that holds up as it goes as the season goes on. Yeah, they they had to deal with a few short fields between the fumble by Sproles on special teams yeah. and the errant interception that Carson went through off of a helmet. Um, with that, let's transition to the offense. How did they perform in your eyes? All right. You know I'm not a big Doug Peterson fan. This game did not make it any better at all. I think he did exactly what I thought he would, at least, and many fans thought he would. He just didn't. What do you think about it? Let's start with you. you we know what I'm going to say about it. Yeah, you're going to preach that Doug Peterson should be fired week two. I didn't. Your quarterback threw for 333 yards. You, and we don't. I'm not a big fire in the middle of the season or beginning of the season guy. I don't think you fire him yet, but I think this is just adding to the checklist of reasons why he's not going to be here past this year. He just can't adjust. Run. Let's let's look at the running game. Let's see. He yeah, that's ran been the thirteen the, times. If you don't count Carson Wentz's four rushes, that were probably. I'm not exactly sure, but at least half of them weren't designed runs. So he ran the ball 13 times, and it's not like we were getting blown out besides like the end of the game when we were down two scores. Like It was a rushing game. Like It was a close game. You run the ball and run the clock out. LeGarrette Blunt didn't have an actual recorded carry. He had one carry, and it got taken back by a penalty. I mean, how do you not give LeGarrette Blunt one carry? I can't understand that. That's the one thing that... Uh was kind of mesmerizing in that game, or not mesmerizing, uh, questioning in that game. Why LeGarrette Blunt, your workhorse back that Peterson said in the preseason he was going to be a big point in this offense was to get him going. Him only getting one catch and only playing six plays of the offense was very odd to me. But how many rushing plays did the Kansas City Chiefs have? Uh, let's see. Okay, they had 13, 14, oh. 15. Oh, only 15. And they were leading late in the game, so they are trying to run the clock out some. Yeah. Only 15. I agree, but we, so. but we were actually shutting down Hunt besides his one big run. We actually were shutting down the running game. Sproles was averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Smallwood, I mean, yeah, he ran three times for four yards within, with, a long, with, a, with a long of eight. So he lost four yards on two carries. <laughs> two, two of his rushes were, were not to his fault. He was met by a running back or by a linebacker, D lineman, as soon as he touched the ball. But I have a hard time saying you got to give Sproles more than ten carries. No, that's the I thing mean, is you're going to give the problem with this offense is that if you want any semblance of a running game, I mean you have to give the ball to Blount. You can't rush Sproles for more than ten times a game, really, unless he's just unless it's just the game script's calling for it and he's just torching a defense and they just can't handle him. You can't really give it to him more than ten times a game. Obviously, you can't give Smallwood the ball more than three times a game, and they won't. And you need to rush the ball more than that. You can't have... I'm fine with letting Wentz air it out, but Jesus Christ, he's averaging, what, 45 throws a game? That's un, that's unreal. That should not happen to a second-year quarterback, especially one that you can't even fucking develop. I'm not too angry at the, the little amount they ran the ball. I thought they were effective uh, yeah, when I'm they I'm very did. angry at it. Yeah, how... The fact that you don't get Blount one rush is ridiculous. It's absurd. I know. It's it's not ideal, to say the least. And you but, know what? 
the signing of Blunt, I like the signing of Blunt. But the thing is, with have you ever seen Andy Reid with a running back like Blunt? Have you? Do Staley? Uh, okay, for yeah. a couple years, yeah. and for what? What was he the starting running back for? Like a year, and then it's turned into the three-headed monster. I mean, it which just, is what 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 we would have. That no, it's LeGarrette not because they it don't, would be do Staley. Okay, well then in, do that. Then do that with Legarrette Blunt. Make it a three-headed monster or a two-headed monster with him and Sproles. Don't give Sproles ten ball, ten rushes a game and not give Blunt anything. That just it makes it predictable. Who's been the best playmaker on this Eagles team? Oh, it's been Sproles. No. But you got to give it's him. Been a Carson, ch- it's been Carson. It's been oh, Carson okay. Wentz. I mean, Sproles has also opened the field up a lot for him, and he's and he's taken advantage of every single touch he's gotten. I mean, Sproles is playing amazing. I. In the beginning of the season, I thought that he'd be retiring after the year. I don't think that's true anymore. I think he's. I don't. It looks like he hasn't really lost a step, and that's helped Carson out a ton. And I don't think Carson should let him do anything, everything he can to make sure that Sproles isn't gone at the end of the year because he's a huge help to Carson Wentz. Carson's had some inconsistencies. Uh, you harped on last week the inability to be able to throw this throw the swing pass or the bubble screen. He was able to hit him with one. That I honestly thought was going to be a pick six for a moment that uh, hit Sproles right in the chest on a sidearm throw like he was a shortstop. Uh, and he ran right past the linebacker for a nice 10, 15 yard gain. But again, he was tri- through one to Sproles that I, I guess it slipped out of his hand and just only went about halfway when there was no one in between the two. And then he had pressure on, Sproles falls down, and he attempts to throw it at his feet again and throws it right off of Justin's, Justin Houston's I mean, head you had, and the ball goes 20 feet up in the air. You had three short or screen passes at the the not the last drive because that was just a bomb but the the one they ended up scoring a touchdown on at the very end you had three passes alone right there that Wentz couldn't hit him on the short screen pass. Literally in one drive three passes. It's 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 the frustrating. The screen pass is, is something that it's supposed to be a staple of Doug Peterson's offense. It wasn't Andy Reid's for years. The screen, the shovel, those were. It wasn't until he got place. Westbrook in there, which is what you could use Sproles as. But for whatever reason, Doug Peterson can't figure that play out. He can't get his it's, players in the right position to succeed. It's on that the and play. he and I don't know if I don't know if it's just ignorance. He's just not trying to teach Wentz to throw a screen press properly. As once again, it's not like he's even lining up right or anything. He's not squaring up. He's just not doing it. And I don't know if that's just Wentz under pressure can't do it and he's doing it in practice all the time. Or if no one's even like paying attention and seeing that he can't do that and that's a huge part of the offense and they don't care. They're not even trying. Like it it, it seems to me like they like they have no idea that Wentz can't throw a screen pass. I think it's more he does it so often. I mean, you know, if they're running this much in, in the game, they're running this a ton in practice, that I think it's just a lack of concentration on those simple throws sometimes from Wentz. When he's rearing up to throw those slants and things like that, and then when he's got these nice little easy passes, he just lightens up too much, slips out of his hand, or he thinks, oh, I'm just going to throw this one away and doesn't pay attention to where he's throwing it. I think it's something he's learning as he goes and is going to figure out he's got to put – hundred percent of thought into every ball that he lets go of. Okay, well, if that's if that's the problem, then someone should be getting in his face and telling him you need to stop doing this. Like that's that's on the head coach or offensive coordinator to let the quarterback know to like square up and throw a real pass and not sidearm it. It's not college or high school anymore. Like I love Carson Wentz, 
but someone has to like teach him and be a little hard on him so that he knows what he's doing wrong and that he's not just going to keep doing it. Because that's if he they would have had a better chance of winning this if he just completed two or three of those screen passes that he were incomplete. Well, let's let's pull off a little bit from uh, reaping on Carson Wentz. He's been what kept them in the game the last two weeks. But there's I know that, two and plays. like I said, it's oh. not it's not Carson Wentz that I'm angry at. It's not his fault that no one's teaching him the right things. It's not his fault that he's thrown 46 times a game. I think they're being taught these things. It's the NFL. These guys aren't just letting him go out there and play. These are NFL coaches. They're uh, they're teaching him. I don't think it's. It's not being received correctly, or it's just I mean, not yeah, being Doug Peterson is an NFL coach, but well, let's let's <laughs> get off on the coach staff. We're not doing that again this week. <laughs> All right, this team is one and one. They just lost a one of the top teams in the AFC right now, and there's two plays that could have changed this game. And my big disappointment from this week on offense was the two missed catches from Torrey Smith. The first one in the end zone was a tough play, but a play that when you bring in a, a free agent, a big name, he a play you want him to make, and him not be able to come down with that pass hurts Wentz, and then later in the game, another big play down the sidelines, Wentz makes a perfect throw back shoulder right in the hands, right to the ground. Two plays that, if they are made, we're talking about a whole different game. Eagles up twenty to thirteen, going into the fourth quarter with a lead. Whole different game. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, those are those are huge places. He did actually make a couple tough catches th- throughout the game, but yeah, those are you can't miss those, especially in those big spots that he did. I would say. Mo- I would think. Go, go ahead. Nah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, he made catches during the game. I don't think many of the other ones were that tough. That the tough ones were the two that he dropped. He was able to make a few more open catches later in the game. Okay, definitely, yeah. My big disappointment of the game would be the guard, uh, Isaac Sayamalo. He just got bullied this week, and he could not stop anyone. And that may be the only problem I have with the coaching staff, is as Sayamalo is getting, getting destroyed like that, how do you not give him some help? Give him some I mean, help or get him out of there. Some of the blocking assignments they had, there was one point where on a third, I think it was third and eight or third and ten, they had Zach Ertz one-on-one with Justin Houston. That's not going to work out. I mean, even if you're going to put a tight end one-on-one with Houston, it's not going to work out with Selleck either. You, if you're going to have anybody on one-on-one, it's got to be maybe Lane Johnson. I don't even feel that comfortable one-on-one with him, him with Lane Johnson. No. But on that play, he gets right around Ertz, t- takes Wentz down for a sack. That's killer for the team. The the blocking assignments that they were they were setting them up for, they were setting them up to fail. I saw, I saw was, besides Samuel, I mean, I saw, as far as the blocking assignments go, I saw Darren Sproles take on, like, individual blocks from defensive linemen, like, set up specifically for him to take on many times. And that's just, like, and he does a great job of it for such a little guy, but it's ridiculous that he's, like, getting set up that often to block defensive linemen. Yeah, that's a problem why Wendell Smallwood can't see the field that much is he's, other than Sproles, I mean, Smallwood is your ideal three-down back where you're giving him the ball, running the ball first and second. He's He has some speed where you can get him out in the passing game, but he can't pass block. 
so you're not going to put him in the game and put him in a situation where he might have to. Sproles is the only one on the team that they feel comfortable enough to put out there to pass block. And that's and you saw, sad considering you have someone like Smallwood or Blunt on the sidelines like that you have to have Sproles out there as your blocker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you can get Smallwood or Blunt out there, Sorison's not coming full speed and leaping over your running back to <laughs> sack your quarterback. I mean, that was a very athletic play for him to almost clear Sproles cleanly. But... He's not going to try to jump over like Eric Blunt. Like Eric Blunt's going to put him in the bleachers. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, but only having faith in in Sproles to block when you want to use him as a pass as a pass catcher is tough. So the the offensive line's uh, a disappointment for me and altogether. Um, they were seen as one of the top units in the league coming in, but now you're seeing maybe it wasn't right to get rid of Alan Barbre. Maybe that was pulling the trigger too soon with Samalu. I think they're going to stick with him. Uh, they do have some depth behind them with Chance Warmack or Steven Wisniewski, but I think you're going to see them try to ride Sam Malu out, and hopefully he can work through this rough patch. Yeah, that's definitely be- what they're hoping for. I mean, they tried it even just this whole game, this whole past game. They tried to just let them mm-hmm. work through it, and it didn't really work out too well. Yeah, they they kept it strong, but for top performance for this game in a a tough loss. I mean, we came into the game you not thinking that, or both of us not not really sure that they'd be able to win this one so losing 27 to 20 the way they did uh, almost what was expected but still tough nonetheless but we had a the two rookies that came were my uh, top performers you got Matt Collins with three catches 32 yards he looks just like Jordan Matthews out there so having him I didn't think he'd be able to have an impact this early in this in this career for what he came in to be a special no, player it seemed like it was like literally one drive he was out there and they just fired at him. I, I don't know if the Chiefs weren't expecting it. I think he caught what did he catch? Three passes and he caught them all on one drive? Yeah, yeah. I think they're two on one drive and one on the very next. He was out for like the first play and made a catch and then was And out. it's great to see him actually get involvement in the offense and show that mm-hmm. that he could do that and like just being a rookie, a late round rookie, that's great and I'm happy with that. I don't know if I'd put him as a top performer with three catches for 32 yards, but... <laughs> It was more of a, a surprise for yeah, me. I mean, that was, you that, expect that's the, your happiest. Yeah, but my my other one was Rizul Douglas. Um, I was terrified when he was lining <laughs> up against Tyreek Hill for most of the game, but he's he's a strong tackling corner, something we haven't had, I don't know, since Sheldon Brown. Yeah, maybe at corner. So I, I like to see his physical play. I know he's going to get beat here and there, but um, a good debut from him, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. Who do you got? My, I would probably have to go with the combo of Wentz and Jeffrey. It made me very happy to see that Wentz could find Jeffrey and hit him on the passes. And they were all they were definitely on the same page this week. I don't know how many targets Jeffrey got, but I feel like he caught just about every single one of them. He had seven mm. for ninety-two. How many targets did he have? Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, <laughs> but still, I mean, they were definitely had a connection going there. And he wasn't afraid to fire to him like he was in the first game, and that made me like ecstatic knowing that that wasn't like a wasted pickup. And we were I was a little I had a little bit of a worry that like they were never going to get on the same page just because Jeffries can be a knucklehead sometimes. Yeah, I, it was good to see that um, nice back shoulder touchdown. Oh my god! Where I love Jeffrey that. When was, the last time, when was the last time you saw one of those from an Eagle receiver? You don't. You don't. You and, and, rarely and had faith. saw Eagles receivers fight for the ball. Actually, as a whole, the receiving unit. I know Torrey Smith had two big drops, 
but as a whole, like besides those, like this season, I feel confident when the ball is thrown that whoever it's thrown to is gonna like come down with it. Last year, every single time Wentz let go of the ball, I thought so. Whoever was it was going to was gonna drop it. Like I was, I was surprised every time they actually caught the ball. This time, I expect the catch, and I and that that makes me very happy. Yeah, it was. It was good. It's good. It's good to see what, we, what we've had from these uh, receivers so far. And Ertz, Ertz too, with five for ninety-seven. Uh, a lot, a big chunk of that on the uh, lucky bounce. Yeah, I was, guess that was fifty-three yards of it. But <laughs> uh, but that was a, a big change-up in the game. Uh, we lost Caleb Sturgis last week. We had that big fifty-three-yard catch. Ertz can't can't quite get in the end zone. Nice little short kick, shorter than an extra point, and. Jake Elliott can't hit it. Yeah, that was a, that was disappointing. I have, a, I have a feeling we're gonna have a new kicker next week. I mean, he he nailed nailed the rest of the kicks he had, the other extra points he had, and everything. So they might ride with him. But it might. A lot of times on that in the NFL, you see if you have an injury to a kicker, they bring someone in. If they miss a kick, they go on to the next one. Kickers are gotten rid of pretty easily in the NFL, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. But who knows? Honestly, it's just a kicker. Yeah, but. Kicker that missed a big, big kick. Yeah, especially if you you tie the game there, they get the ball. We get the ball at half. But what better are you going to get at this point in the season? You're I, not picking I, up Vinatieri on waivers. That's why. That's why I think they're going to keep. They're going to keep where they're at with Elliott. But yeah, it was tough to see. But all right, should we go into week two? Yep, I guess so. All right, week two matchup, home opener. Birds are coming home. We got the Giants. What are you? Uh, initial reaction when you. Uh, Getting ready for the home opener. Um, my initial reaction is I think this is a should be win for them. Though problem I see is if the Giants lose, they play tonight. If they lose tonight, then I get a little bit scared because then they're coming in zero and two, probably a little fiery. That's that's that gets a little hairy for me, especially with Odell Beckham will definitely be back next week, barring an injury tonight. Um. But I think I think it's a must-win game. I think they will win it as of now. Um, the Giants' offensive line is pretty atrocious, and the Eagles' defensive line is arguably the best in the game right now. So I think that's just a matchup nightmare for the Giants, and I think the Eagles will take advantage of it. That's my initial thoughts on it. Yeah, we're recording this before the Monday night game, so you're actually hoping that the Giants. I kind, I kind of hope they win it. That way, they don't come in zero and two. It's you don't I, you don't want to uh, you don't want a divisional team coming into week three zero and two at your place, and it's and yeah, it's not no. like they're a bad team, but they looked bad week one. It's very interesting to see how they come out tonight. I almost wish we recorded this part tomorrow just so we could see what the Giants really who they really are before uh, before making judgments coming into next week. But they could be without. Their number one offensive player, Odell Beckham, he's up in the air where the whole play tonight. He uh, made an announcement the other day that he thought this was a four to six week injury. Hold on, and if that's true, next week would be the fourth week since his injury. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know if you were going to get that point because a lot of people I've seen were yeah. like, "Oh, he said it's a four to six weeks injury," and they took that as in like when he announced when he point. announced it that it was a four to six week. No, 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 no. It's four to six weeks, and it's been. I think this is the fourth week. I think last week was oh, the this third. Is... So okay. And he's questionable tonight. I have a feeling he's going to play. Uh, and then, like I said, barring injury, I almost definitely he'll play next week. Which I mean, that's uh, it's 
I'm interested to see who the Eagles decide to match up against him. <laughs> I think it'll be, from what we saw this past week, I was actually, uh, once Darby was out, I thought maybe Mills would follow Hill around all, all day because he's our really only speed defensive back. Speed but, in air quotes. Yeah, he's not terribly fast, but... <laughs> But I, I understand what you're saying. You wouldn't think <laughs> you wouldn't think Doug, you wouldn't think Douglas would have been on him, but he was. Yeah, but they seem to stick si- uh, sides of the field. Jalen Mills pretty comfortable playing that right side where he played all last year, or depending on how you're looking at it, left side. Yeah, if you're looking at the offense. So Jalen Mills on the left and Rajul Douglas on the right with Patrick Robinson in the slot. That seems to be what they're going to stick with. So I think regardless of where they're lined up, they're going to let those guys stay where they're at to get comfortable. Because it seems like that's going to be our, our secondary for the next few weeks. And hopefully, I mean, looking at the defensive perspective, hopefully that the offense or the defensive line can generate that pressure on the offensive line and on Eli, and they won't have to blitz, and they can help out with covering, like, OBJ. Because, I mean, that's he's really the only player you absolutely have to worry about in the Giants' offense right now. Yeah, Brandon Marshall last week did not seem to be on the same page as Eli Manning. Um, and could be Brandon Marshall coming down the hill. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would come into the Eagles and or would come into a game against the Eagles, and he might have six touchdowns next week. Uh, uh, it seems like the the older, almost over the hill veteran receivers seem to uh, kill the Eagles. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, Pierre Garcon did all of last year, which was very frustrating for the Redskins. But defensively, I, I like how we match up against the against the uh, Giants. On the offensive end, Giants have some playmakers going uh, going against our offense on their defense that scare me a little bit. Janoris Jenkins, end of last year, starting this year, he looks like he still is one of the top corners. He was matched up with Des Bryant week one. Played him pretty well. Uh, let up a few catches late, a couple pass interference penalties. They were getting pretty chippy with each other. I think uh, those pass interferences could have gone either way against Des or against him. And I think they alternated uh, two, two to Janoris Jenkins, one to Des. But Landon Collins is shown to be one of the top safeties. I didn't like him coming out of Bama at all. Yeah, me either. But honestly, he's he's played very you, well. Usually, the, the Bama safeties are very hit or miss, and they hit on Landon Collins. Yeah, they they did. He I thought he was going to be too slow, but I mean, he's he was a ball hawk the last two years. Seems to be a, a solid safety for them that'll be there for a few years. Unfortunately, against the Eagles. I think we'll be able to take a little bit of advantage with Zach Ertz against our linebackers. Linebackers aren't great. They got a uh, was it? It's uh, Goodman, Goodman or Goldman uh, from BJ, Clemson. BJ Goodson, Goodson, Goodson. And then sorry. they have yeah, Devon, Devin Kennard, and Jonathan Casillas. So I mean, Jonathan Casillas is their captain out of the middle, out of the linebackers. Goodson looked good, pretty good week one for a, a rookie out of Clemson. Yeah, but it's a rookie middle linebacker. I mean, that's. You doesn't work out for a whole season usually. I mean, he'll he'll miss some stuff, and that's that is their weakness on the defense. I mean, their their defensive line is pretty damn good. They're like I said, their secondary is pretty scary. Um, it's gonna be a tough game on offense. I think Ertz is gonna be huge. Uh, yeah, it'll be. It's gonna come down to Ertz. I think uh, Jeffrey is going to come away with probably the, around the same stat line as last game this past week. And they will have to use LeGarrette Blount this week. They have to. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. 
Um, you would think that power runner would do, be, do really well against the pass rush, yeah. getting right past these DNs, because uh, Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul usually want nothing to do with the run game. They just want to get up up to the quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how much like Harrapon is used. It, you got to assume it's got to be more than six snaps next week. Um, I'm I'm hoping f- they bring it back to week one with like 14 or 15 carries. That's what they should be thinking right now with that pass rush. I mean, you go up at the up the middle with him at a rookie linebacker. I I like our odds honestly with that. Um, it seems it seems pretty crazy to me that that they could go from 15 rushes last week to none this week and then back to 15. But it did. So like I don't know. I kind of wonder in the back of my mind like did something happen outside of the scenes like is little Garrett Blount just like not in Doug Peterson's favor right now he just like something happened or was it just game script and Doug Peterson just didn't think that it was right to use him last week yeah I mean Peterson his press conference said it was the flow of the game is what happened there but Seems odd. I mean, I saw Legarapon seem to be in there here and there. It was like one play randomly each drive. I guess was his six plays. I thought I saw him on the field more than six plays, but I mean, just, comes down just to let it. him run downhill, and at least at the very least, let him wear defense out. That's what he does. He falls forward. He gets that extra yard every time. He beats the shit out yeah. of he beats what the shit out of the linebackers, one. tires them out a little bit. I mean, and it just opens things up. It even if he, even if he's averaging two or three yards a carry. It, it actually opens things up for your offense, and they need to do that this week against a defense like uh, the Giants. Yeah, that and we saw it week one against against the Redskins where late in the game, Blunt, he had that somersault down to like the five where he was – the defense seemed a little gassed, and that's where Blunt could take advantage more. But it, it'll be interesting to see what, what Peterson can do. I'm actually expecting a big game from the offense. Are you really? I think we're going to come home. And Doug Peterson's gonna show the fans in our home opener that he can run the ball and that he's legitimately their head coach. I'm predicting a little bit of a, a run up of the score, a little 35-17. Whoa! Big win. Big. That's a we, uh, statement. Eagles come onto the scene. Possible, possibly Wentz. putting the Giants three zero oh and three. Yeah, we take and a two and zero division lead for us. Wow. Yeah, we'd we'd have the tiebreaker in the division. We'd be first in the division. That would be incredible. When I, on the other hand, I do think the Eagles do come away with this game. I think probably as long as OBJ doesn't get injured tonight and plays next week, I think he probably breaks one for a touchdown, like a lucky play, and not so much luck, but OBJ breaks one like he usually does. But I think That's I think fair. I think they hold them to. I'm gonna go. I think they're gonna score 17. I think the Eagles will put up 20. I think they're gonna win 27-17. I think they're gonna have a good day on offense. I think that they'll the defense will have a couple takeaways. That'll be huge. Probably a couple that'll give Eagles good field position. Hopefully Jake Elliott can hit the uh, field goals when needed to. I think they win 27-17. Kind of snarled at me when I said 35 17. 35 That's is a, one over touchdown. 30 one more touchdown. Eight points. That's a lot of points to score against that defense. I mean, when we're throwing the ball 46 times, <laughs> then you can get up and down the field pretty quickly. Let's hope that we don't throw the ball 46 times. All right, well, let's hope for more of a running game. Better result next week. Let's get an Eagles W week three. That's it from us here at the Philly Four.
Hopefully we get back at you next week again. Later.